Welcome back, DJI Multiverse. This is DJI Mark for issue number 43 of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Uh, we are going to be taking you inside the ropes today on this um, Monday edition of Dad's Got Issues podcast. Charlie is remote, um, but we will be dishing out on all the, I guess you say WWE details. Not a whole lot of um, coverage today for other brands with the coming off the heels of WWE's Royal Rumble. Um, but WWE put out a lot of news over the last seven days. Um, we apologize for the absence last week, but life gets in the way sometimes, and uh, we needed a little bit of a week to recharge. Um, so we are back, um, and hopefully better than ever. Um, so what was your feelings on last night's Rumble event? Dude, I enjoyed it. It yeah. was, uh, it was really good. Um, even the matches, you know, in between the Rumbles, uh, were good. Um, yeah, overall, like, I, I, you know, well, you and I were, were you know, messaging each other back and forth. I think the only low spot was, uh, was that awful, awful music. Uh, if we want to call it that, um, where my bro was standing out there, uh, and, and getting uh, serenaded by Bad Bunny. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, me and Charlie are, are you know, I, I coach I coach high school football. Um, I myself still listen to hip-hop music when I work out and do things like that. Um, and I saw, obviously, I mean, if, you, if you're not living under a rock or if you are a wrestling fan, you're probably a member of some forums or groups or things like that through social media. Or, I mean, even if you just looked at the WWE's page on social media, any of them, he was getting grilled, Bad Bunny, because that's not that, not to say that there's not fans that that crosses over with, but he's not like, I hate to say this because I compared it last night to my brother in law who was ever watching um, the event with me. You know, when we went to WrestleMania 29 in New York, uh, P. Diddy performed or you know, Sean Combs or Puff Daddy, whatever you want to call him. He performed and the entire stadium was singing his music. They were really into it and it fit. You know what I mean? We were in New York. It's a very diverse crowd. You know, Diddy is a world renowned artist, producer, business mogul. Like he's well known. And like, I know who Bad Bunny is because, you know, obviously I, I have a TikTok. He's huge on there, um, and obviously I coach high school sports, so the kids like to listen to his music as well from time to time. <clears throat> this has nothing to do with a lot of the fan, you know, backlash online about, you know, oh, I didn't understand what he was saying. I understood that he was rapping in Spanish, and I get that there's probably a, a, a pretty large Spanish audience for WWE, but my my biggest problem I think I have with the entire performance was, is, is it was just not good, you know? And I've heard this time and time again from people who have gone to see rappers perform in concert, that they're usually not great. Like the concerts aren't usually really good. Some of them, some rappers are better showmen than others. I mean, it's like any other wrestler, right? Um, but, you know, when we, you know, when I think of, you know, entertaining music, Rap's tough to do, especially nowadays with auto-tune and, you know, you know, the editing that goes into the process of making a successful rap song with the beat and things like that. That song did not sound anything like the song they've been playing for the last two weeks in the video packaging 
that they were promoting his performance of the Roma for. Um, I, and, you know, obviously, you know, you have people who are just ignorant and they're like, I don't need that, that Spanish shit on my, my TV and whatever. Like it's 2021, dude, get the fuck over yourself. Yeah. You know, there's sure about that. Like you said, it was just bad. Yeah. Like, it, like the, the whole thing, the whole performance was just bad. Like, and I would say the same thing if like you threw, you know, the smashing pumpkins out there and they did a crappy job Yeah. or, you know, anybody. Like right? it's, you, it, it's the random, it's the randomness of, of the artist selection because they had the WWE had, um, was it Zade white or whatever the band was that did the theme song for the Royal rumble. They made that song for the Royal rumble. Why wouldn't that band get the opportunity who, who no offense, bad bunny doesn't need help becoming a bigger artist. He's a Latin, a two-time Latin Grammy award winner. He's got over 900 million streams and like crazy, you know, crazy numbers through the roof. The band that did the theme song for the Royal Rumble, I've never heard of before. But I, I actually enjoyed the Royal Rumble theme song yesterday. Um, and sometimes WWE gets bigger name artists. You know, they've had Machine Gun Kelly. They've had Poppy. They've had all these other artists that will come on and they'll, they'll perform. But like Poppy has been a big NXT performer. She's come like two or three times. But she's usually performing like a variant version of somebody's entrance music. Like she did um, Ira Shirai. For the takeover, what like a month or two ago, um, I don't mind that. Like she's she's contributing to a wrestler's performance or entrance, right? Um, the same could be said for the band that does Bray Wyatt's music, because they've come in. I think they've performed live twice for his entrances. They perform his entrance song, and Bad Bunny works for me if there's a live crowd. And people are really into it. And it's kind of like in between a match kind of, you know what I mean? It's a live performance for a live audience. It doesn't quite hit the same when we're all sitting at home. Like, man, we could have had a whole fucking match in the amount of time it took him to do this song. Like Nia Jax, I hate to say as much as I hate Nia Jax's in-ring performance, I don't hate Nia Jax. I just don't like her as a performer. Her and Shayna Baszler deserved to be on the main card winning the belt bad bunny could yep. performed beforehand on the pre-show that's free to everybody. Yep. But 100% like I said, it, it's not a, it's not a reflection of our taste in music. Cause like I said, I listen to everything. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't particularly find music that I can't understand the language to be playing regularly in my, my rotation. But that's not my reason why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it because it sucked. And then, you know, obviously the WWE being the WWE, he has to get involved in something. He's got to be included somehow in the show later on, which, I mean, you know, we kind of shit on Snoop Dogg for his uh, his dive. Yeah. But, I mean, Bad Bunnies was just as fucking bad. If anything, we're proving over the last couple of months is hip-hop stars. Or, or or superstar should stay in the hip hop realm and not go to the top rope at all. Just Pat McAfee or Stephen Amell, just just stay away. Yeah. So um, we'll move off of that because I'm just done with it. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we well, want to. I mean, what did you, what, what what was your thoughts overall? For the, so for, for the, it was the best pay per view of 2021. 
but no, but, but in all seriousness for, for WWE, for the kickoff to WrestleMania, the kickoff, you know, to the 2021 calendar year, I thought it was a um, almost near perfect event. And we're going to get, we're going to get into every match today and talk about the things that we liked and disliked from each match. And uh, we will, you know, we'll dive into that in a little bit. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a whole lot. I thought it was a lot better than some of the other pay-per-views they put on more recently. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so let's talk news. Um, so big news from the last week is the WWE Network and its merger with NBC's Peacock streaming service. Um, there has been so much speculation on what this means for the future of wrestling. Um, obviously we as fans, we don't, we don't get anything. Well, we do, we get more out of this than we get taken away from us, so to speak. So WWE merging with Peacock, your price isn't going to go up. Um, you still have the, the, the free option, I think for the WWE network or the, not the free, the, um, 499 option where you have commercials and limited content and you only get the big four pay-per-views or whatever. But for nine ninety nine a month, which we currently pay, you are, um, you know, you're you're getting the full tilt of WWE content that you're currently getting on the network, um, which includes all pay per views, all um, you know, the originals, the archive, all that good stuff. But you're also getting all the Peacock NBC product. Which for me personally, there are a couple NBC shows and a couple, you know, specials on Peacock that I am interested in watching. Obviously, I'm going to wait until March when my stuff goes over to get Peacock. But um, I'm, you know, if if WWE was going to do this, instead of them raising their prices like they have been spec, we've all had heard the speculation they were going to do for the network, so they could do like tiered systems. I would much rather them do this. And give me more con more outside of wrestling content involved with my wrestling content. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I like the price point. You know, uh, I I enjoy not dropping you know forty to sixty dollars or more for pay per views. Yeah. Um, so uh, I like I like that it's going to stay at the nine ninety nine price tag or whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, I already have the free version of Peacock. Uh, and it's fine, but you know, yeah, you got commercials and whatnot. And because we're we're spoiled and need instant stuff these days and hate commercials, yeah, uh, you know, like you're watching the show and you're like, oh, don't well, that that's that was a big, you know, that was one of my gripes about last night's Royal Rumble event. To be honest with you, was, you know, we 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 grew up in in a childhood where we didn't have pay per view commercials. Like when you paid sixty bucks a month for a pay per view, there was no commercials. It was just straight wrestling, all the way through. We're watching the Royal Rumble last night. That wasn't the case. We had like four or five commercial breaks, and I even like in our little group chat that I had going with some of the guys that were in the Rumble pool. I was, you know, I even said, "I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, am I watching a commercial on a pay per view?" And I get it for WWE. It's money. You know what I mean? They've sold that that space to an advertiser. They're going to make some money off of it. But for me, I'm like, I don't want a fucking commercial on my pay-per-view. Like, I'm paying for this. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not paying what I used to pay. But you're still paying for this. And you're like, I'm get it'd be like going to the movies, right? And in the middle of, like, your movie, 
they drop a commercial. They're like, what the fuck am I watching a commercial in this movie right now? You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I, I expect when I, when I get a pay-per-view. Um, that, that, that's one of my few gripes from, from last night's event. Because I don't think they did that. Or maybe I'm just not paying attention. Because I know yeah, the, I, mean, I know they'll advertise any like weird out of place advertisements like, you know, WWE is, is, has mastered the uh, utilizing their stuff, but plugging a product or something. Yeah, pl- plugging them. Um, they plug themselves. They do their 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 WWE commercials like for the you know for whatever is coming on next or for the shop or the events coming up, whatever. They're really good at that. But like last night I was watching a Toyota Tacoma commercial and I'm like, this is a legitimate commercial. This is like what I get on like cable television. I don't even remember it happening, but so. <laughs> oh no, it, it happened like two, like at least two times last night. There was two separate, just commercial commercials. One was the Toyota commercial and another one was like a, something at a gas station. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, this is the second commercial tonight. What it is is because we actually care about women's wrestling and stuff these days, so people need excuses to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we'll. Uh, like I said, I I I'm probably I don't think I'm in the minority. I think a lot of people were super confused when the announcement came down because they thought that they were losing their network service. They thought that they were going to have to pay more, and like there was a lot of outrage on the WWE page in the announcement in the comment section for the announcement. And the people are like explaining to these Neanderthals, like, no, you're actually getting more content for the same price. What? You mean people just read a headline and just <laughs> immediately started tearing them apart. So, but there is, there is some, some, some downfalls. Okay. To this merger. So currently if you have Peacock, regardless of the tier that you have, if you're watching any sort of live sport on the the app, they do not give you the ability like they do on the WWE Network to start from the beginning. And they don't allow you to rewind either in, in the midst of something. So if you get up to go to the bathroom and you get up to to do something, you, ha- you are going to miss that portion of the pay-per-view. Um, now, there's no word on whether or not that feature is going to be rolled out to allow maybe just for the WWE events because WWE doesn't have a problem with that. I don't know if like the Premier League or um, the the Hockey League, the NHL, I think also shows stuff on there, has an issue with rewinding and starting from the beginning or whatever, you know what I mean? But um, that's something that uh, apparently is pretty controversial for a lot of people because i mean me for one i i partly agree that you know if i'm at work i can't always start a pay-per-view at 7 p.m to watch like you know to watch on my phone and i do prefer to like when i get you know 15 20 minute break at work to eat my lunch or do whatever i like to jump on at least watch like a match at a time you know what I mean? And I like to jump back and start over and do all that. But for me, if that's the case, I'll just wait till the next day to watch. You know what I mean? I'll get home and when it's right. when it's when it's done and over with and I'll watch it then. Um I feel like that's simple. I feel like that's something simple enough to, to implement. I mean, plenty of other streaming services allow you to do it. So yeah. if if you're gonna break in all these new customers um that are accustomed to a, stuff being a certain way. Yeah. 
I so, feel like you know, there, it can be as difficult as they probably imagine it if they haven't done it already. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think with, with that being said, I think the, the, the other speculation that is coming out of this deal is that now that N- NBC and WWE are in this five-year, $1 billion partnership, that's a lot of fucking, that's a lot of fucking zeros. They're saying that there's a potentiality that this is a test run to see how many eyes Peacock now gets as a result of the WWE, you know, product on this, on this new streaming service. Potentially, NBC is going to look into purchasing the WWE as a whole at the end of this merger um, or at the end of this contract. What that means for WWE's deal with Fox, we don't know. So those of you that don't understand, NBC actually owns USA Network. So if NBC were to, say, purchase the WWE in its entirety, it would only technically own in propriety Smack or, or Raw and NXT. SmackDown is still owned by Fox. The airing, the you know, streaming, all that good rights are still, you know, a Fox product. But we don't know if in five years that'll still be the case. Because so the way this works out is, is NBC will have two years left on their WWE Network deal when their their Raw NXT deal expires and when the SmackDown deal expires with Fox. And what I think you're going to end up seeing is is that whether at that at that point when the the current TV contract is up, NBC is probably going to make a wholesale pitch for all three shows that come back to like the NBC family, so to speak. Um, what that means for Monday Night Raw or for SmackDown or NXT is yet to be seen, but some people are speculating that maybe they're going to move SmackDown from USA to NBC and make it a primetime show, just like a, like a cable show, just like Fox has it currently. Um, I think that would be good for WWE because they're once again, they're on a mainstream channel like NBC or Fox or ABC or CBS. But obviously at this point, it's all speculation. But if they're willing to throw a billion dollars just for the network, I can't imagine what Vince values this company as a as a whole. You know what I mean? All the shows, the superstars, the the just the the entire property, so to speak. Um, because we've seen he sold he sold SmackDown and US um, SmackDown and Raw for five hundred million each for five years, and then you throw in another one billion dollar deal for this i mean he's made he's made two billion dollars in what less than three years just for the rights to show his product um which is incredible um i've got i've got mixed feelings about it though because you know you the mcmahon name is synonymous with wwe even when vince is gone you still have stephanie so so the i so so the couple articles i read about it said that in 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 theory nbc would just own the company where the mcmahon family would still run it 
they would still have stake in a board seat and all the other stuff. But ultimately, NBC would be making decisions on, you know, I hate to say this, but it might be beneficial. Obviously, Vince is, is, is who he is, and he's stuck in his ways, and he's been that way for decades now. We don't expect a whole lot out of him. But if Vince is still around in six years, seven years, and he's still running the company day to day, and NBC purchases the company from him, Vince no longer gets to say, no, I'm going to make Ryback the world champion. Because NBC is going to be like, yeah, generally speaking, when Ryback's on television, he draws about three viewers. We don't care that you enjoy him or you like how he looks or we, you know, we're listening to the audience. And NBC obviously is like any other media conglomerate. They have social medias. They have social media teams. So when their social media team gets a hold of the WWE social media stuff and sees, well, shit, you know, um, they don't really like this Ryback guy. They really like Daniel Bryan. You know, or they really like Seth Rollins. You know, why don't we push Seth? And they're going to go to Vince, and they're going to go to their creative teams, and they're going to say, hey, you need to figure out how to make Seth Rollins a more prominent character week in and week out. Right. You I know? mean, it's just like Phil and, and, when, uh, and pushing Tom Brady, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, like I said, it's one of those things that I think, are there some detractions to it? Sure. Because more hands are in the pot, things can get convoluted. Maybe the Vince McMahon, McMahon voice in general, Stephanie, Hunter, um, Shane's no longer apparently employed by the company from uh, what it says online. So if you're talking the future generation, probably Hunter and Steph running the company once Vince steps down, officially retires or doesn't want to do it anymore. I still think they should be the driving voice because they've been doing this successfully for, for decades. But we have to start thinking about like what happens when Stephanie is too old and Hunter's too old. Like, is Hunter going to want to do this until his 90s like Vince is doing? Like, or, you know, are, are their kids going to want to do it? Yeah. But we'll see. Um, other uh, WWE property news. 2K was apparently at the Royal Rumble. Um, last night, um, starting to do, uh, voiceovers, um, face scans and things like that for their next WWE 2K property. Um, they obviously held off on releasing WWE 2K21, uh, when there was such, such huge complaints about WWE 2K20 and how apparently bad it was. Um, to the point that even Sony and Microsoft, both for respective systems, had to give full refunds for the game because people were so dissatisfied by it. Um, hopefully that just means that they took the year to fix their bugs, fix their systems, fix whatever it was that was wrong with 2K20. And 2K22 will be better for us as the fans to enjoy. And they'll have it ready for the next-gen consoles as well. Um, but yeah, so that was... Um, Another piece of uh, WWE property news, I should say, out of the last week. And then um, we'll talk about this uh, this one in a minute. So um, la- only a little bit of part that I want to talk about for um, AW for the week um, is Amanda Huber, uh, John Huber slash Brody Lee's 
wife um, actually sat down on the AEW Unrestricted podcast and um, at her request, AEW did not pressure her into this, did not ask her to do this. She wanted to do this because she wanted to clear the air of the speculation around, you know, John's untimely passing, um, which is pretty cool um, that she did this. In all honesty, it can't be easy to talk about the loss of not only your your husband, the father to your kids, but also such a prominent figure within the wrestling community at such a young age. Um, but she basically laid out the entire timeline of like he was, you know, he was at home. He had just finished, you know, he had wrestled like a day or two prior. He had to do some skits. He went, you know, he didn't feel too well. So he went home and he went, you know, he laid down. Um, apparently he was tested like frequently, obviously going to and from the facilities for COVID. He, all his test results came back negative. He went to bed, he woke up and apparently every morning he does like a, like a Peloton, like a spinner bike type workout. Um, she said he got about halfway through his workout and he said he couldn't, he couldn't really breathe. He was having a hard time, you know, catching his breath. So he went back to bed. Um, um, they ended up contacting the doctors for AEW who advised that he should go to the hospital, you know, get a checkup, do whatever. Um, and at first they basically told him that they, they couldn't find anything wrong with him. He wasn't COVID positive. There was nothing, you know, that they could really figure out. Um, and then I think, I don't really have all the details in front of me, but basically she just goes through the timeline of like, they went and got a second and third opinion and they ended up finding some, an issue within his lungs. And he didn't know, um, they didn't know what it was. They didn't know, they didn't know what it was from. Um, and apparently he just deteriorated like rapidly. Um, and only a handful of people knew that he was, he was that sick. Um, obviously she, she reached out to to the company to allow them to let them know like, Hey, he's not going to be at work. He's you know, he's not feeling well. And then obviously ended up hospitalized. They ended up transferring him to Jacksonville um, because, you know, obviously he, he and his wife worked closely with the Jacksonville hospitals with AEW and some charity events and things like that. Just he knew a lot of people down there and also allowed him to be a little bit closer to, you know, the company and, and, and the dealings and things he had to do with that. Um, and she she was the only one obviously allowed to come and visit him at first with all the restrictions and everything for COVID. But um, as it appeared that he was deteriorating past the point that they could really do anything for him, she said that the hospital allowed, you know, her and the kids to come. And, you know, obviously as long as it was just one or two people coming in and out, um, they were on like an approved list and had been there, had done their tests and all their stuff like that. Um, she said, like, the con, you know, Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, people like that were allowed to come and visit. Um, she said on Halloween night, so, you know, she was all freaking out, whatever, and she, her son wanted to be Orange Cassidy for Halloween. And she didn't want to leave John, um, but this was like the, obviously we all remember Halloween back in October. It was kind of like the first time the country kind of started the mummers of like, we need to start getting some normalcy back here. Like we got to let these kids trick or treat. We got to, you know, figure out something in this pandemic to bring some normalcy. Um, apparently one of the last things that was said to between John 
and Amanda was just go go get the kid a goddamn denim jacket and take him trick or treating. So like even in the midst of everything, pretty much staring death in the face, she wanted to highlight to John, you know, he was more concerned with her with their kids having some resemblance of normalcy. Even with all the stuff going on with him, all the stuff going on with the pandemic, she wanted her to go take care of the kids. Apparently, they went to go, um, um, they, she went and took them trick-or-treating for the, for the evening, and then um, she got a phone call, basically, that he basically went into a coma and was unresponsive. And she got there, and they told her, like, there's, there's a chance he'll get out of it. They were working on get a, getting a lung transplant for him. There was all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and, you know, she said he does eventually come out of this coma, but he couldn't speak. He couldn't really do much. You know, he didn't have the energy, so everything was either him writing it down or... So she's like, you know, it, it does pain me that, you know, obviously we've had conversations in other means, but the she's like, the last thing you know, that he, we really had a conversation about was him beg, basically begging me to take the kids trick-or-treating and to make sure they had a good Halloween. Um, but then she obviously goes into thanking not only AEW, but WWE and the wrestling community for, you know, backing her husband and backing her family. Um, and she highlights that, you know, when John passed, she actually called um, Big E and Cody Rhodes to come to the hospital with her to tell their son, um, that he had passed, um, because Big E was his favorite wrestler in WWE and Cody Rhodes apparently is one of his favorites in AEW. Um, and both guys obviously obliged. Um, they didn't blink an eye. Brody and, um, Big E have a, apparently have a tremendous relationship. Um, but yeah, so it, it was a, it was a very, uh, very in-depth, very deep, interview for for AEW unrestricted but it was probably definitely uh, very therapeutic for her to get that out there because there was a lot of speculation they were trying to say that they were covering up that he had COVID they were trying to say that you know he's been sick forever and AEW was allowing him to wrestle and like they actually sent him home he came in the one day to wrestle like he was planning on being on the show and the doctor looked him over and was like you don't look good you need to go home and get rest you're not COVID positive but we don't know what your issue is. If you don't feel better in the morning, you need to go to the hospital. Um, but yeah, so that was a, that was an interesting listen and an interesting uh, interview. And then uh, on the heels of that, uh, Amanda Huber reacted last night to the New Day's gear. Uh, did you notice that when watching the Rumble last night? What was that? Did you did you notice the New Day's gear last night for the Royal Rumble? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they... Yeah, um, I thought I messaged you about it. Um, uh, you might yeah, have. I loved, I loved it. Yeah, so uh, the New Day, uh, Woods, E, and uh, Kofi all, uh, all had custom-made um, Birdie Lee, Luke Harper, John Huber gear. Um, and they are now currently auctioning off all their ring gear from last night to benefit the food link in New York, which was one of John's favorite charities um, that he, um, he loved to give back to for the city of Rochester where he is from. Um, But the gear was absolutely amazing. And Amanda obviously tweeted out, you know, like the crying emoji face and it says, it's fine. I'm fine. Um, 
But then she, you know, she actually had, I guess, screenshots of the design templates and talked about, you know, the red buffalo accent, you know, the plaid for the Wyatt family, um, the bludgeon uh, bros gear colors, and then the Mr. Brody Lee um, gear colors at the bottom for Biggie singlet. Um, and then they had like his, I guess he had a catchphrase that he used to yell when he was on up, up, down, down. Um, and then he had, uh, you know, silhouettes of their kids. I mean, the, the ring gear was absolutely amazing last night. So much thought clearly went into that for those guys. And it just shows you that, you know, as much as, you know, people act like WWE isn't, you know, didn't care, didn't give a shit, or, like, if they really didn't care, they probably would have told the New Day, like, nah, we're not going to allow you to do this. You know what I mean? Or they, you know, obviously, we wouldn't expect them to say no. But people make WWE out to be the big bad guy in the business, and clearly, they allowed all three members, and, and it's funny because they actually highlighted it. They did a whole backstage segment where they showed off the entire gear. So it wasn't like they were trying to hide it or subliminally slip it in or do whatever. Like, no, they did a full segment on it. Um, that also just goes to show you that the New Day guys are, or at least, at least genuine in, in, in who they are. And they're not just characters on a, on a television screen, which is nice in, in this day and age. Um, but all right, well, let's, uh, I think that wraps up pretty much all the news, so to speak, coming out of the WWE last week. Um, but let's roll into Royal Rumble breakdowns and reactions. Um, big news out of the Royal Rumble last night though, was that Vince McMahon was not there. Apparently this is in part due to his brother recently passing away. Um, but apparently he's missed some television tapings and things like that, or t TV stuff over the last couple of weeks. Um, but it looks like uh, he also missed the Rumble last night. So um, he was apparently very involved throughout the day via telephone, um, but he was also on the phone with key people such as Kevin Don and Bruce Pritchard, who apparently were leading the creative team for last night, where Triple H actually ran the show, um, kind of like he does. You know, when you ever watch the documentaries and he's sitting back there, um, that was apparently what Triple H was up to last night. Um. <sighs> I'm trying to see who wrote what. Uh, apparently, the women's Royal Rumble match was produced by Tyson Kidd, Adam Pierce, Chris Park, and Pat Buck. And the 30-man Royal Rumble match won by Edge was produced by Shane McMahon, Jason Jordan, and Jamie Noble. So that's a very interesting crew behind the scenes putting together both of those matches. But both matches, in my opinion, were pretty good. So, I mean, I hate to say this, but, like, how many shows in pay-per-views does Vince miss over the next year, say, right? He's, getting, he's not getting any younger. How many of those shows end up being better than the shows that Vince are, is there for before Vince is like, you know what? Maybe these, guys, these young guys got it. Maybe it's time for me to, to allow them to do more. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's... I mean, it's, it's a, possible. It's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's roll into let's roll into the rumble. Let's talk about how they put this card together, and, and let's dive into whether or not 
uh, Hunter did a good job last night. So they kicked, they did the pre-show. So I actually didn't watch the pre-show. I didn't realize that they were going to put a, a title match on the pre-show. I should have thought about that, but. Uh, well, they, they changed it at the last minute. They were supposed to be on the main card. And then like all of a sudden they're like, nope, pre-show. Yeah, it's because Bad Bunny needed 20 minutes to reform his song. Um, <laughs> the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match was on the pre-show. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and Charlotte Flair, the incumbent champions. Um, from what I saw of the highlights of it, it looked like a controversial ending. Uh, obviously, they're pushing this Lacey Evans-Charlotte feud uh, more now. And uh, she came out to the ring with Rick in the middle of the match. And then uh, I guess Rick gave her, because this is what I don't understand. They, they made it look like he gave her brass knuckles or something, but it didn't look like she put the brass knuckles on. And, well, no, uh, like, from what I got out of it, it was just, you know, so, put something in your hand, like be it a roll of quarters or whatever, just to kind of load your fist up. Okay. Um, so and, and blast away that way. Yeah. That's so she, she yeah, she knocks out Charlotte. Charlotte loses the Charlotte and Oscar lose the, the tag titles. Um, not really like not really surprised. Me, me and you both agreed that the, the, the team of, um, Baszler and Jax was probably going to walk out of the rumble with the tag titles, but it also did make me happy to know that they won because that meant that neither of them was going to win the Royal rumble. So that automatically took them out of the running in my opinion, because no offense, they're not, we've, we've, we've all come to this conclusion when any secondary title holder enters the Royal rumble, they're not winning the match because they have a belt currently. Now, when guys lose belts earlier in the night, or like for example, Charlotte losing the tag title early in the earlier in the night, it definitely put her in a spot to now, okay, now she's going to chase this Rumble win to get another shot at the at the world title or the women's world title. Um, but yeah, overall, like I said, I didn't watch the match, so I'll, I'll let you give it a grade. Did you watch it? No, no, because I, I don't ever watch free shows. Yeah, ever. Ne- neither do I. So we'll give we'll give it a positive review for the fact that we no longer have to have Asuka dual championing and she can actually get into a program now that matters. That's a positive. Um, so then they did the, the Royal Rumble kickoff. Um, with, or we get the Royal Rumble intro package, which then takes us to the opening match, which ended up being for the WWE World title, uh, which pit uh, Bill versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> and as we thought it would be, it was a solid five-minute balls-to-the-walls, you know, spear-fest, claymore-fest, whatever you want to call it, with Drew walking away. With the title, I did not expect Drew McIntyre to walk out of rest, out of the Royal Rumble with the world title last night. I will be one hundred percent honest with you. Am I ups, well, Am I upset that it that Goldberg or Bill did not win? No, not at all. I'm ecstatic that Bill did not win because it's way more interesting with who eventually won the Royal Rumble now to see who he's going to pick over the next week. Well, when when you and I were messaging, right? Oh, and well. And obviously, my my pick was uh, was for Drew to win. Yeah, but I had zero confidence in it. Like, 
um, because as I'm messaging you, I'm also talking with one of my uh, one of my friends, and I was like, I just I can't have Goldberg win. I can't I can't say that I want him to be champion. So he will be, but I just don't want him to be. Yeah. And then I was very pleasantly surprised um, because I think even when I messaged you with my picks, it was uh, I just can't type. I just can't. I just can't type it. I I can't say that he's going to win. Yeah. So after the match, they do. I guess I don't know if it's supposed to be a passing of the guard. I don't know what it was, but it was just awkward because Goldberg came into this whole thing with so much hostility towards Drew for no reason. You know, because of shitty writing and shitty fucking you know programming. But you know, obviously Goldberg. You know, I think Goldberg was was legitimately hurt. Um, as well, leaving that match because he looked like he barely fucking stand as he was leaving the ring. But they kept panning to him, and when he would start to like kind of stumble or like he, they would go right back to Drew. But they did a little, you know, smiling embrace at the end and whatever. Hopefully, that's the last time we see Goldberg in a WWE ring. Hopefully, um, if I'm gonna give it a, a five star rating, like a, a rating out of five, I'd probably give it a three and a half. I didn't think it was that great. Um, they tr- definitely tried to open the show with a lot of energy, but it's only a three, four-minute, five-minute match. It's not a whole lot. Um, then you get the SmackDown Women's Title match right after that, Carmella versus Sasha Banks. This is a feud that the last time they wrestled, I said that I wanted it to be the last time that they wrestled. Um, so I didn't think it was a terrible match. I didn't think it was a great match. Um I think Carmelo is doing more Carmelo is doing better with Reginald as her backup. Like Reginald is 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 the star of that team right now for me. And I hate to say that because the same thing happened when James Ellsworth and Carmelo were tag team or were, were teaming together. And James Ellsworth was more of a hot button, more talkable portion of that team than Carmella is. Carmella is never the center attraction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I hear you. It's but like what's going to happen when they when they part? Yeah. Carmella will have a job. Yeah, oh, I agree. But like I said, my thing is is right now she's never been She's never been interesting enough to do these things on her own. She always has somebody helping her, which is obviously good for a heel champion. But if I'm being 100% honest with you, I'm ready for heel Sasha Banks to come back because I'm hoping that's who our women's winner, Bianca Blair, challenges at WrestleMania. Uh, But we'll see if that ends up happening. Um, If we're talking, like, I gave, gave, I'd say probably three and a half still. I'm going to be critical about it because I just didn't think it was that great of a match. Uh, for for Goldberg, uh, no, for for Sasha, Sasha and Carmella. Okay, uh, yeah, I I'm gonna go on on the the five star scale. It kept my interest, um, and the effort was there. So yeah, I I'll I'll put it at a solid three. Okay. Um. So after. <laughs> yeah. So after that, um, the backstage segment with Big with Big E, 
um, Kofi Kingston and, you know, uh, Xavier Woods, Sami Zayn, whatever. Uh, then we got the, the zero out of five performance from Bad Bunny. Um, and then we got our women's Royal Rumble match, which actually, in my opinion, was the better of the two. Uh, and and I'll get into my reasoning why I think that, because I enjoyed the finish for the women's was less predictable, if that makes sense. Like when Randy Orton got hit with the chair at the beginning of the rumble and went to the back and they over fucking shot him, like going to the back. They fucking followed him all the way basically to the trainers. They actually showed him in the trainers room getting his knee pad cut off. I we knew he was coming back out at the end. He was never eliminated. Right. Where in the women's match, that didn't happen. That didn't occur. Like when people came out other than Billy Kay, which for me, her comedy added to the match. You know what I mean? When she when she was sitting in like every person that came out basically was rejecting her and she kept going back to commentary and be like, Oh, nope, nope, next one, maybe, next one, maybe. Like, that's funny. That adds to the match. But I also at no point in time thought, oh, Billy Kay's going to sit outside until the last person and win this match. You know what I mean? Like, there was a real opportunity that Randy Orton was going to come back and fuck over whoever the last person was, and he was going to headline WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, with the with the women's match too, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, things that were were surprising, and and one of them being Lana. Like, yeah, I didn't get what that was all about. Maybe they're going to address it on Raw tonight. But she but, she was like legitimately uncharacteristic of herself. You yeah, know, what like I mean? when she came out and like the way that she went about it, like I'm like, oh, she's like she's like trying to be a wrestler right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting. And she, like, her attire was different, you know. But you know what also I found different and weird and immediately noticed as soon as she came out was Natalia not wearing black. Did you notice oh, yeah. that? It was a gold outfit. Yeah, I was very, and no cat ears. I was very confused. I'm like, girl, you've been doing this for fucking almost 15, 20 years one way, and you came out tonight was the night you, you switched it up on us. It's a welcome sight, though, because I hate to say this. I'm not a big fan of the whole cat ears, Natalia. I've always thought Natty was a victim of her own personality to a sense. Like, she wears cat ears out to the ring. Like, she does all this, like, quirky stuff. But she, technically speaking, she's probably one of the best wrestlers on the roster. And she can talk. She can cut promos. But, like... It's like almost like she get when she gets to a point and her role becomes serious enough that she could be a legitimate contender week in and week out. It's like she almost pulls off the throttle a little bit, gets a little too comfortable. So hopefully, you know, maybe this turns into something. You know what I mean? Maybe this allows her to be, you know, get a a, a, a serious push. She hasn't won a women's title what since? Is it since it was the Divas Championship? In a minute. Has she ever held a white strap title or women's championship? No. I don't think she has. Um, but yeah, so the first two coming out were Naomi and or or Bailey and Naomi. It was great to see Naomi back in the ring. And she looked great too. She was another like veteran presence early on that lasted all the way basically to the end. Um, I thought she looked great throughout the match. Um and then we got some surprise entrances, obviously, uh, Jillian Hall, which I don't think 
anybody could have called. <laughs> uh, she was probably the last legend or alumni we thought would come. Uh, we got Alicia Fox, Victoria, and Tori Wilson were our four big, I guess, legend alumni uh, people, right? Did I miss anybody else? Uh, mm-hmm. Not that, not, if there was somebody else, it wasn't even, it's not even registering. Yeah. I, I think the, the most noteworthy out of that well was uh, Victoria. Yes. And she, she didn't look bad in the ring. I thought she, she held her own for the time period that she was in there, but I don't think Victoria will be getting a farewell run, so to speak, as a result of her uh, tournament or rumble appearance. Uh, oh, I said I didn't say Alicia Fox, did I? She's not a legend nor a wrestler. So yeah, when she, she came out, I was wondering if she was still half blitzed or not, but I couldn't tell. Uh, but she ended up winning the twenty four seven championship and then immediately losing it back. So our truth can continue to be the highlight of that division. <laughs> uh, I know you hate that belt, but I think our, for me, our truth is just he's absolute comedy gold for them. Um. When he comes down to the ring, I was like, is he going to get involved in the match? Or, like, is he down there? Like, like I thought there was going to be, like, a run-in like they eventually had with all the other guys, like, at ringside. When he gets up on the thing and, like, people are looking at him, he's like, wrong match. I'm sorry. I'm here for the wrong match. My bad. That shit's funny to me. Like, that's, that's, that's capitalizing on a comedic character in the right fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, like I said... He he just his comedy obviously adds to the to whatever moment they're putting him in. They're actually hitting the mark with him where I think some of their comedy spots or characters are usually misplaced. But I like I said, I enjoyed Truth's run in because it also it fits the Alicia Fox narrative in a sense, as well of like her being kind of crazy and out there or whatever. But it also got her out of the match. Like it gave a reason just to eliminate her as quickly as possible. Um, so she didn't overstay her welcome, so to speak. Um, but let's talk about some of the stars that were stars of the match. Um, Baszler had a great outing. Uh, I think she ended up with like five or six eliminations altogether. Might have been like might have been like five, I think, if you count like some of the halves that she had with other people. Um, I didn't think anybody from NXT, other than Rhea Ripley, which we know is probably a main roster stay after the rumble because obviously we discussed this in previous inside the ropes issues where we thought it was time for her to move on um i didn't think shotzi or tony storm were overly impressive or um, santana i didn't think she was super like in their own right yeah they were they're, they're great athletes they had cool spots within the match but they didn't really eliminate anybody before they got eliminated um but obviously Rhea was an absolute monster um she i think she ended with six eliminations total which i think led all women and then you had behind her you had baszler and then you had um obviously the eventual winner uh bianca belair i think she ended up having like three or four um as well but obviously bianca rhea ripley baszler and flair in my opinion all looked fantastic in that match. That was the first time that Baszler on the main roster, in my opinion, has looked as dominant as she did when she was on the NXT roster. 
You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, she she looked good uh, all through the match, and um, I feel like uh, like when when we get down, or I think I messaged you like when we got down to like the final three. Yeah. That's when I started to get worried. <laughs> Uh, um, especially when one of those final three was, was Charlotte. Yeah. So, um, I, I, this is my thing. I like Charlotte. I think WWE is better off when Charlotte is in the main event picture. Do I think she necessarily needed to win the Royal rumble last night to put herself back in that spot? No, not at all. But I do. I'm not one of those fans as like, Oh, they're pushing her down our thirds. Oh, they're doing all oh. like, I do not care. I enjoy her. I think that Charlotte is not, if the best, if not the best, one of the top three best female wrestlers in the world. So, like, when you're like, oh, they're pushing her down our throat, they're pushing her. Well, what do you want? Who do you want them to push down our throats? Jillian Hall? Fucking, you want them to to bring back some old school wrestlers? Because that's what everybody bitches about, right? Charlotte's new school. Like, she's new, she's next generation, right? Like, I don't consider her a part of the old guard. So when they push her, I'm like, yeah, she deserves to be pushed. It's like people complaining that Roman Reigns would get a push. No, Roman deserves to get a push because he's new. We need to push new stars. We can only create new stars by pushing them. And I agree, there's other younger girls than Charlotte now that Charlotte needs to start rubbing for. You know what I mean? She needs to start putting over. Do I think her versus Rhea Ripley at last year's WrestleMania helped Ripley at all? I do. I don't think Rhea Ripley was a household name. Rhea Ripley put on a hell of a match with her and Eero Shirai last year at WrestleMania. I think that helped her status. Do I think if Rhea Ripley is going to come up to the main roster, I think over the next two or three months, she should give Charlotte a run for her money to be the number one contender for Asuka's title. Because I think that will help her get over on the main roster and become a a mainstay. Not just some like fly by the night, like, you know, I hate to say this because she had a good rumble, but like a Naomi. Naomi won like a title, you know, won her title. They made a kind of a big deal about it. And then she immediately dropped it. Like, we need to start having some stay power. In order to do that, somebody like a Charlotte needs to be in that main event title picture, putting over younger stars. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It makes total sense, and, and and I agree with you. And that's so. Yeah, Charlotte is still part of this current crop coming up. You know, she's she's at the the top of the class. Um, but yeah, she. I, in order for these new girls to come up, they need legitimate wins. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Rhea Ripley needs to beat a Charlotte. Yeah, you know, she needs she needs to beat a, a Sasha Banks or a Bailey, you know, one of them, um, to have some credibility. Because like if Rhea Ripley comes up and she beats, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think, uh, a Natalia, a, a Liv Mor- a Liv Morgan, yeah, right. It's not as impressive. No, no, that's not taking away from Liv because she's one of the the up and coming women wrestlers. Um, but you you expect Rhea Ripley to win, yeah, right. So, 
she has to beat somebody with a little more credibility. But I can tell you this. I don't think we're going to see Charlotte in the immediate future being placed in the world title picture for Raw at the, in the meantime, because I think this Lacey Evans-Charlotte feud will probably carry through Elimination Chamber um, and next pay-per-view before WrestleMania, which I think is fast lane, right? I think it goes, uh, I think it goes elim- Elimination Chamber fast lane, right? Yeah, it's the last. That's the last one before. So I think I think in these next two pay per views, you'll probably see Charlotte and Lacey Evans having a feud, um, which opens the door for probably Alexa Bliss to take the belt off of Oscar before Mania, or to take the belt at Mania from Oscar. In my opinion, uh, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. Obviously, Bliss was in well, the mat. Bliss was in. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're gonna have Becky Lynch back uh, before all of this is said and done. Do you think and she Becky Lynch versus Oscar at Mania? Do you think she comes back for Elimination Chamber and wins the um, be- wins the belt in the chamber? Doesn't outright beat Oscar? No, you know what? Actually, no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it that way. I'd let. Unless it's, I think if you're gonna do a women's chamber, don't do it with don't put don't put the belt in there. Make it a number one contendership match. Okay. Or like and then make and allow Becky to win that way. I don't, make, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um. So yeah, obviously you you bring up Becky. Becky was a big omission last night. She was at the show. Um. Obviously, it turned out to just be. Um, I guess to to be there in support of Seth, who was returning um, from his his leave of absence. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, uh, Mickey James came out. Uh, of all the legends, I, I we had this discussion like what, like a week or two ago. I don't think she's a legend in the sense that like she's done for. We we felt disrespected for her being on the stage during that whole Goldberg Drew. McIntyre introduction to their feud. I thought that was very disrespectful. Like she's an active wrestler on your roster. You know, I get that she's kind of a, a legend mainstay on the roster, but it was kind of to us it was disrespectful. Um, but she came into the ring and in that moment that her and Charlotte had that moment in the ring where she said, I've been waiting for this a long time, and then they just went at each other. I'm like, damn, I never knew how much I wanted a Mickey James Charlotte feud until this very moment. Like that has some teeth to it. That has some like old school, new school teeth to it that you could really dive into. But WWE is just going to act like that moment never happened. I guarantee it. And that's sad because that's a good way to use Mickey James, right? I'm not saying Charlotte needs to beat Mickey James to get herself like Charlotte's over. Charlotte's going to have more world champions than her father by the end of her career. But I, I think that there's very few. <laughs> what'd you say? I said, or by the end of like 2025. Yeah. But my thing is, is there's very few legend women's legends or in that echelon of legends wrestlers that can still go at a high pace. Mickey James is one of them and they should utilize that. There is no reason Mickey James and Charlotte could have a program right now, other than the fact that Lacey Evans and her are obviously entrenched in one. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's just my opinion. I, that was something I really enjoyed—a little little clip it in that match that I really enjoyed. Um, and then you had obviously the winner, 
uh, Bianca Belair. And I hate to say this, but this might be the beginning of the end for Sasha Banks as a top-tier wrestler for them. And hear me out. We know Vince, to a degree, does not traditionally book African-American wrestlers strong, correct? Like he doesn't, there's not a lot of them in prominent spots within the company for long periods of time. Right. He, you are not going to convince me that he is not thoroughly more impressed with the build, the athleticism, the personality, and the youth at this point. I mean, she is probably, I don't know in terms of age, but I would assume she's probably younger in, in the sense of wear and tear than Sasha is. You're not going to convince me that Vince is not more impressed with Bianca Belair than he is Sasha Banks. And Bianca and Sasha have characters that are so similar in nature that you could almost interchange them. If she challenges Sasha at Mania and beats Sasha, I don't know how Sasha moves on from that and, and stays relevant in, in, the, in the SmackDown realm. She almost has to go to Raw to, to continue to be a top dog because Bianca does what she does, but in my opinion, she does it better. Just my opinion from what we've well, seen to this point. She is the EST. She is. She's going to put the EST in WrestleMania. Um, but that's my, that's my opinion of it. I think I was happy with it. I have zero issue with the last three women that have won. This is the first time in history, I think, I can say three straight Royal Rumbles. I've enjoyed the winner or the outcome of it for each match. You had her, you had Charlotte, you had Becky. All three, I thought, deserved their wins. Um, and I think, you know, as long as Bianca continues to do the things she's doing in the ring, build her character, move on to WrestleMania, if this pays off with her winning the title, it was worth it. If she doesn't win the world title at WrestleMania, then for me, it's a very hollow victory for her. You know what I mean? Will it still help her, her character progression and probably her popularity? Sure. But she needs to be a, she needs to be a world champion at this point, in my opinion. What do you, you think of her win? What do you think of her, I guess, as overall as well? Bianca Belair is, yeah. is my... Uh, is like one of my favorite women wrestlers. And I was so happy... Uh, when she got called up from, from NXT and has just kind of been waiting for something to happen. And, and finally, you know, we're, we're going to get um, something that I, I think is, is great for her. Uh, her performance was great all the way from the beginning to the end. And she was involved, um, like involved, involved from number three to the end. She wasn't, I hate yeah. to say this because we're going to talk about the men's after the world title match, but she was involved from three to 30. She she wasn't laying on the mat. She wasn't doing any. Her and um, Naomi had more crazy spots than I think Kofi has had in the last five rumbles. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I'm happy that she won, and uh, I I hope that this ends with her winning her first world championship. Yeah. Um. So then after the women's match, which obviously that was a, uh, there was a lot of good energy coming out of that match. 
So usually the way things work are we go from, from high point to low point so the next match looks like a high point. But unfortunately, I think the WWE kind of, you know, Uno reverse card themselves because they put the last man standing match on, which makes sense. You're not going to do two, rum, two Rumble matches back to back. But they, put, they had to put the last man standing match on, for, or on before the men's match. I almost think they would have been better off putting Goldberg Drew there and made Roman and Kevin open the show. If you would have opened the show with that Kevin Owens-Roman Reigns match, the show would have started off hot. That would have gave you all that action they were looking for to get people excited. And then you would have had your cool-down match with the women's title match that led you into your women's Royal Rumble match. But, yeah, but Goldberg had to get paid and leave. So yeah, so Bill, yeah, Bill, <laughs> Billy Boy had to had to do that. So then the last man standing match, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, absolutely lived up to the hype that they have been putting into it over the last month and a half. My only, only takeaway from this, the only thing I can say that I did not like, was the ending. And hear me out and tell me you can, once I get done, you can tell me if you agree or disagree. Roman being handcuffed like he was, right? Getting to the eight count, knocking the ref out. I was like, fucking cool. That's awesome. Like, that's a good heel tactic to keep yourself in this. When they couldn't get the fucking handcuffs off of him and Kevin Owens, they kept panning over to Kevin Owens, who was now upright and standing on his two feet. But Kevin wasn't attacking Paul, wasn't attacking Roman, wasn't doing anything. Right. I didn't, like, it was so long, so awkward, and it got to the point where fucking Roman stood up. He squatted. He is technically upright, right? The, the ref could have stopped his count. The ref stopped his count while Roman was still on the ground. He was at six. Did you notice that? Yeah, I was like, I, I, when he got to six and stopped, counting i was like all right seven eight yeah no i think i got to like 16 or something (laughs) that's when he finally like started squatting yeah and i was like dude all you had to do was squat and then yelled at paul to hurry up and it would have been more convincing more believable or as paul as paul's beating you or as, as as you're squatting have kevin run over and hit you again and knock you back down and then restart the count or, and then, you know, you know, like Jay Uso wasn't involved at all, right? Why that would have been a perfect time for Jay Uso to get involved and hold Kevin Owens back or do whatever, or maybe even come out and start a fight with Kevin Owens. Cause you know what that could have done? They could have took the camera away from Roman and Paul, and they could have just we we would have been so enthralled with this brawl between Jay and Kevin that we wouldn't have even thought about the count. You know what I mean? Like that was such a poorly executed portion of what otherwise was a hell of a match. Those guys beat the shit out of each other. That was great. That was probably one of the best last me and standing matches we've had in a long time in WWE. But it was just kind of overshadowed by the fact that that ending was so bad. And then not only is the ending bad, they end it with a, guill- a guillotine choke. Like all of that, all of those, those spots, all of those crazy ass shit that they did, and he ended it with a chokehold. I just, for me, I was like, you guys, it's like you guys ha- almost had me at the beginning, but then you showed me again that once again, you guys don't know how to do proper booking to end this match. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I enjoyed the match. It was good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, other than the 
the weird handcuff spot, which I'm like, this is, I mean, it is live television and, and this is something that, that can definitely happen. It's just, it shouldn't have happened. The you know fa- what I mean? Like, it was just funny watching Paul trying to figure out how to fucking undo those handcuffs. And I'm like thinking to myself, when I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, didn't you guys practice this? Like, right. But right. It was, uh, but no, it was good. Um, I, uh, I definitely thought that the, uh, the pallet spot where he, uh, you know, got the, the forklift with the pallet on it and did a swanton off of that. That was cool. And, uh, I, I just appreciated how they shot that. I don't know yeah. if you caught it. But there it was, was like, was a drum up, yeah. up in the background. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I said that too when, when we were watching the replays of it and stuff. I'm like, they had to use a drone for this, which is yeah. pretty cool. But uh, yeah. I made the comment in our group chat that uh, it looked like a kid, you know, this whole match seemed like some kid was playing SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain on PS2. It was just fucking right. in a backstage brawl. Like, it was great. Waiting for the cut screen. Yeah. <laughs> So it was uh so for the women's match we didn't we didn't give it a rating. I'd say it was a five out of five, in my opinion. I thought it was I thought it was a great, great, perfect rumble match for the women's side of things. Yep. Um your thoughts? Yeah, uh women's match five out of five, and then uh KO uh Roman, um uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a four point five. I'll give it a f uh, yeah, I'll I'll give it a f I'm gonna give it a four. I, th- I think I think the ending did enough damage to me that it, it it takes away a little bit from it, but I do think it was still good. Um, and then final we get the thirty man Royal Rumble match. Uh, not too many big surprises coming out of it. Neither of our expected surprise entrances. I thought Steena was coming back. Charlie, uh, for some reason, had a dream that Kevin Nash would be the one to make <laughs> make an appearance, but. Uh, at the end of the day, neither of those guys made appearances, but we did get Carlito, which you, which goes back to a couple of weeks back where we thought we were going to get him for Legends Night, but apparently, obviously, I'd prefer to get him in the Rumble than get him on Legends Night. Um, but we got Carlito. We got um, Christian. Christian's probably the... If this was a live crowd, Carlito would have got a pop. Christian probably would have blown the roof off the place. If, yeah. if like as crazy as it is to think of it, because Christian was great in WWE, did a lot more outside of the company, probably for himself as a super, as an individual star, but obviously was a, it was a huge tag team guy. He won a couple world titles in WWE. I personally never thought we'd see him in a WWE ring again. I just didn't. And I don't know, maybe it took edge convincing him. Obviously he had to get cleared because he has the issues with concussions and the head injuries, but he was protected in that match, in my opinion. He looked good. I mean, he looks like he's in decent shape. I don't, not as good a shape as, as Edge is in, but, you know, does this lead to a run for him? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be much of a run, but, you know, maybe we get him on TV a little bit more just to kind of help, uh, Edge, help Edge. Um, you know what I was thinking too during that match is like maybe if Edge doesn't win, it's like I, I wasn't expecting Edge to win, but then like as we started getting down to the very end, I was like it popped in my head. I was like, I mean the Raw tag titles, even though they're on on hurt business, um, it's not like they need anything. Yeah. So 
wanted to get an Edge and Christian uh, tag title run. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the, the big returns, so to speak, in the match, I would say were probably Strowman and Rollins. We're talking about people who have been away for a little while. Uh, Seth debuted some new ring gear, which was pretty dope. Uh, Strowman came in and did his normal, you know, quick eliminations. But other than that, I mean, you, I thought The Fiend was going to win the Rumble, so I was completely wrong because he wasn't even in the match. So I don't know what's going on with The Fiend character. They're really committed to him being gone at the moment. Um, but obviously, you picked Daniel Bryan, who lasted, what, all the way to right before the Final Four? Because it came yeah, down... It, no, he was the... Well, well when, when, when did Seth come out? Seth came out at 29. The, right? So it came down to Rollins, Bryan, Edge, Christian... Strowman and Riddle, um, Riddle and Brian were, um, for some reason, targeting each other. They kept beating the shit out of each other, but nobody was worrying about Braun Strowman or the fact that this guy just come in and eliminated like nine people. Um, uh, Brian ends up taking uh, Riddle down into like a submission, and you're like, well, this is a fucking Rumble match. That doesn't help anybody. And then Rollins ended up getting back into the ring Hits a bit, uh, hits a curb stomp on Brian and then eliminates him, which left then Riddle, Brian, uh, Riddle, Rollins, uh, Strowman, and Edge, because Christian had been previously eliminated by Strowman, um, as the final four. And out of those final four, I was at that point, I was convinced Edge was winning or that Randy Orton was going to win or Edge was going to win because we knew Randy was in the back. So watching that, it was very obvious to me. Like, we know the WWE is not keen on Strowman holding a title. We know Riddle is not going to be the guy. <laughs> like, I hate to say this. At the moment, he's just not. Um, and we knew um, with Rollins coming back, maybe. But who was he going to fight? Him versus Roman? Well, Roman's a heel. Rollins is a heel. That doesn't really work too well. Is he going to fight Drew? Because that didn't really work out for him the last time. You know what I mean? Like, And that wasn't a feud I think they got over really gangbusters with fans either. So for me, naturally, I thought, you know, Edge or Orton. I was hoping it wasn't going to be Orton, which it ended up not being. It ended up being Edge. And I was satisfied with that. Um, and those of you that listen to our podcast know how I feel about veteran or legend superstars coming back and winning matches like these or title opportunities taken away from younger guys. I do not have the problem with Edge being that guy. Well, I also wouldn't lump Edge in that same category. No, right? I don't. This isn't, this isn't a Dwayne, you know, coming in and, you know, um, for a once-in-a-lifetime twice. This is, um, uh, you know, this is Edge wanting to be back. He wants to be a wrestler. He doesn't want to be anything else. Yes. And he has this opportunity to be it again. There's a difference um, between having the opportunity taken away from you and you leaving the opportunity. You know, I hate to say this, but like a guy like Stone Cold coming back, as much as everybody always has kind of like clamored for one more from him or whatever, I don't need it. He walked away from the business. He could have continued to wrestle. It would have deteriorated his health significantly. Probably wouldn't be as healthy as he is today. I'm glad he left when he did. But he wasn't like medically like suspended from the, the sport. He wasn't medically removed from professional wrestling. He personally knew he couldn't continue down the path. So he walked away 
And he walked away happy. And he had his kumbaya WrestleMania moment with The Rock. And he rode off into the sunset. Edge won the world title. And then two weeks later had to retire. Because he was told he medically couldn't compete anymore. The guy had so much. Edge would still be wrestling to this day. If he didn't have that injury. Right? Like if that neck injury never occurs. Edge is still active today. He might be retired by now, but he would have, what, 10 more years of active wrestling, potentially? So I, 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 I don't see Edge in the same light that I see, like you said, like The Rock or, or a Batista. Batista walked away from wrestling. Batista could continue to have wrestled. He chose not to, and he's done well for himself. The same thing for The Rock. The same thing for Goldberg could be said. But Goldberg walked away. He didn't want to wrestle anymore. He took his ball home after WrestleMania 20 and decided he didn't want to do this no more. You know, the same could be said about Brock, but at least Brock came back and committed himself again. Brock came back and he showed up when he was asked to be there and he's become a draw in the business. He's not taking away from younger folks. He's actually put over a lot more younger people than he probably would have ever done if he stayed within the company, in my opinion. But... I don't see Edge in the same light that I see those guys. Edge deserves an opportunity to have his moment in the sun, but he can't do it let, with, with what Goldberg has done in the last couple years, right? When Goldberg came back and was like, I want one more run, one more shot, one more opportunity, one more whatever, we were all down with it, I think. Initially, everybody was like, oh, this is great. This is cool. I you, was not. But this is <laughs> so. So hear me out. It played well into the WrestleMania season, right? We understood why it was happening. We needed. We wanted the name. We wanted the the marquee to say Goldberg versus Lesnar or Goldberg versus whoever, right? We wanted that. Or there, WWE wanted that for the casual viewing. Get eyes on WrestleMania. Cool. Goldberg was going into the Hall of Fame. Like we, there was so much more to it. You know what I mean? But then he came back the next year. And then he came back the next year. It took away from that moment of the, on the Monday Night Raw after he dropped the title to Lesnar at Mania when he put his son on his shoulders and he did all the like kumbaya moment shit. It took away from that moment, right? I hate to say this. If Undertaker comes back to WrestleMania this year, which there's speculation that he probably will, it will take away from that Survivor Series farewell, right? It's kind of the same shit of like Shawn Michaels' retirement match loss to Undertaker. When he came back to Saudi Arabia, it took away from that moment, right? Like, they need to stop doing that with these guys. Like, if you don't want to retire, if you think in five years from now you're going to get the itch to come back into a one-off match, we're not going to retire you. We're just going to let you kind of ride off into oblivion and then build the hype around you not being around. And when are you going to return? Are you going to return? Like, there's so much more money involved in that than I think there is retiring somebody for them just to come back a year from now and do the same shit over again. Um, and like you said, you, you agree that you think Edge is somebody that, you know, he's not the same. He's not in the same ballpark as these guys. What do you think the outcome is this? Who, who is he challenging? Who, if you're edge right now, who are you picking? Uh, man, it's tough. Um, because 
both matches could be good. Um, with with the current champions, um, I my my first thought is to go put him up against Roman because that gets him away from Randy Orton and um, onto a different show, and you do the whole spear versus spear angle. Okay. So if you pick well, if you pick Roman, then who who is wrestling Drew? Well, and and that's where I, if you put if you put Edge over on SmackDown, you know who's going to feud with him, and I feel like the 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 pool over there is a lot more shallow, right? There isn't there isn't a whole lot of people that can come after Edge. Well, Unless I mean, start people legitimate contenders. That I mean, yeah, you get, well, 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 you just, you said you flip people heel, but who's to say, you know, obviously Roman, Roman being heel has been better for Roman overall, right? We all agree with that. But you have Seth, right? Seth's a heel. Um, you have Baron Corbin. He's a heel. Well, you actually could build, play into that too, because Seth and Edge have history. Yeah. Or, or throw in the idea of this. Yeah, just because Roman's heel and, and, and Edge is currently face does not mean Edge cannot bring back the rated R superstar and become a heel as well. And then you have a plethora of baby faces that you could potentially put him up against, right? Daniel Bryan and Edge would be a tremendous summer program, especially when it, because it sounds like Daniel Bryan's on a farewell tour, right? That's what everybody keeps saying. It sounds like Daniel Bryan's on his last year, maybe year or two. Dude, an edge, a heel edge versus Daniel Bryan face program into SummerSlam would be crazy good. And you could also then do a double book of a heel versus heel of Rollins and Roman, and whoever wins out of that kind of program sets up for the number one contendership for that belt of whoever wins it. You know what I mean? But like I said, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think I think Roman could be a good program for him. But who who do you pick to feud with Drew if you don't pick Edge? If Edge doesn't pick him. Lashley. Really? So do you but how do you set that up? Do you keep it? He drops the belt to, to Riddle um and then wins the elimination chamber. Again, you do the the same thing like I suggested for the women's is you make the limit instead of the elimination chamber being a match to decide a champion, you make it so that it decides a number one contendership. So how um, so so hear me out. I like the idea that you're going with. I like I like getting the hurt business involved. But what if instead of it being Lashley, right? What if in the elimination chamber, Keith Lee is in there? And Keith Lee wins it. And very similar to how they did with Cedric Alexander of, you cannot beat us. You have to join us to get better. Would it, would it, would it, would it turn you off at the idea of Keith Lee joining the Hurt Business? Yes, and and here's why. I don't right now. He doesn't meet. He just doesn't fit them. What I will say is, if anybody's going to join the hurt business and replace Cedric Alexander, it should be Ricochet. Yeah, but and I understand that. But but hear me out. 
It doesn't need to be up front. Make it a behind the scenes thing, right? Make it, make it so that Keith Lee and Drew have this mutual respect thing going on. Make it that Drew holds the belt from now to Mania and, and make it so that Keith Lee wins the Elimination Chamber. And they're, 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 it's this budding, it's a budding like rivalry, but it's built on friendship and mutual respect, right? And at Mania, Hurt Business costs Drew the belt and they do a heel, uh, they do the, the face, the heel turn that night. It sets up your Monday Night Raw after Mania for Keith Lee to come out and explain why he's now aligned himself with the Hurt Business and that he knew he needed it, you know, he, he needed, you know, it's easier to conquer in numbers because you know what it also sets up for Monday Night. Undisputed Era's music to hit and Undisputed Era to come out and move up and have a, a meaningful first feud, right? You instantaneously put them all in a feud with somebody on the main roster, right? You could put Strong and Fish together going for the tag titles, which immediately elevates that. You can put, I would say probably at this point, I think you're better off putting, um, fuck, his name's uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Bobby Lashley. I think those two in a feud would be great because Kyle hit, Kyle's kind of proven to be a heavy hitter of the, of the four. And then the obvious choice to, to lead the charge would be Adam Cole um, to take the universal title or the world title. In my opinion, I think if you're, if we're talking like fantasy booking for you, that gets your guys a prominent spot at the end of the day. Right. Cause we're not looking at just WrestleMania results. We're looking at what's going to happen the next night. What's going to be the big pop moment for the next night. Right. That's it. In my opinion, getting UE on the main roster for the main show versus probably the hottest faction in WWE at the moment. And it keeps everybody together. Like, I think Cedric and Shelton Benjamin will work through this shit. I think something's going to happen to push them, their partnership closer rather than further away. Or if, like you said, if they're going to replace somebody, I don't think they're going to replace Cedric Alexander. I think they're going to replace Shelton Benjamin. That would make more sense for me, right? Take out the young guy and put a uh, the old guy and put a young guy like Shel- or like Ricochet in Sheldon Benjamin's spot. That makes more sense to me than it does taking Alexander out. Unless you're going to push Alexander, is that what you're thinking about? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like Cedric Alexander. I just uh, I don't know what they're trying to do with it. So I've. And I know that if he gets pushed out, like, does that make him a face again? Um, you know, does he does he need to be humbled? I, I feel like he does. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, but uh, I, I think maybe they 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 could cut they could do this a couple ways, right? One of them is to like kind of like have the hurt business uh, turn on him, and then you know like have have Shelton and 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 drop the titles. And then her business turns on Cedric. And then Cedric is like, you know, kind of eating crow and, 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 you know, goes to Ricochet or something, you know, and then uh, they get a tag match against Shelton Benjamin and we'll say Lashley or Shelton Benjamin. And, um, uh, MVP. 
it's and then a, Ricochet turned on him too. It's <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough dynamic within her business to remove anybody, really promote anybody from the point that they're at. Because like this is the thing, like in order to put the strap on Bobby Lashley or like to put him in a, in a main event title thing, like you either have to dual champion him with the with the U.S. title, which I we're not fans of. I don't think anybody's really fans of dual champions anymore. Or he has to drop the belt to a lesser superstar, like a Matt Riddle, and then be rebuilt to win the mat, like to win the, the title or to potentially win the title. And I think, I hate to say this, Bobby Lashley gets hurt by losses. When he loses, he loses mystique in a sense, right? He loses a little bit of like veneer from his armor. But my problem I have is I think he needs a world title run at this point. I think he is probably, if you're only going to stick to those four guys in the Hurt Business stable, he makes the most sense. But we've never seen a heel Keith Lee either. So we don't know what that could entail. So that's why my thought process is have Keith pull the wool over Drew's eyes and make it a friend versus friend moment to have him turn heel with the help of the Hurt Business to win the title make him the f- fifth and really fourth active member because although MVP wrestles, he doesn't really wrestle. You know what I mean? He's not going to win a strap or do anything crazy, right? It allows them to b- continue to build Bobby Lashley as this monster, but it also allows him to drop the belt if they needed to rebuild his image within the Hurt Business roster, so to speak, to then eventually either he breaks off as an individual and beats Keith Lee or they have it where, like you said, like maybe him and Cedric split off separately and they, they both become faces. But like you, we both agree, Bobby Lashley's a way better heel. So it's tough. I think, I think they've booked themselves into a corner with Lashley unless you have a solution to him losing the U.S. title, and are we just going to ignore it and act like, oh, well, he had that belt, he doesn't anymore? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that we've just been made not to care about the U.S. championship. So. Yeah, but that, I think that's something they need to avoid. The winner of this belt, taking this belt from Lashley needs to be important, but they also need to maybe do it in a way that he gets screwed. Maybe he gets screwed out of it, right? Maybe that's that's maybe that's how you do the Cedric thing. Maybe Cedric costs him the U.S. title, which doesn't make Bobby look bad, makes Cedric look worse in the hurt business scheme of things. But then maybe MVP's like it's a blessing. We're going to take this opportunity and we're going to go bigger. You're going to we're going to push you for the world title. At, at that point, I can agree. I think at that point you, you've probably you've probably sold me. Um, but we'll see. Um, when, so the men's match, I give it a four and a half out of five, just because I, I hate the predictable Randy Orton thing at the beginning. But other than that, I thought it was good. Um, it doesn't, doesn't get a perfect score like the women's did, but it's, it was still a great match. And I think Carlito is probably going to get a run out of his return. He looked fantastic in the ring. That dude is jacked out of his mind. He looks, he's in better shape now than he was when he, <laughs> when he was wrestling, um, full time, but we'll see. Uh, what's your what's your grade for the rumble match? Uh, I'm gonna put it at a four out of five. Um, yeah, like you said, it wasn't perfect. It was fine. It was good. It was a good rumble. Um, Edge winning was a surprise. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all in all, it was it was good. Yeah. You're not gonna have a rumble like you had last year every year, where like it just 
organically, it was so great because Drew deserved the win. He he was going to have his WrestleMania moment. Obviously, didn't really happen, but needless to say, he's had a great run since. Um, but yeah, so I don't think we find out tonight. I don't think Edge makes a decision tonight. The only way I think he does tonight is if he if we're definitely getting him versus Drew. But I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to drag it out over the next two weeks. Is that fair? Yeah, that's that sounds. Yeah, I think we're going to find out. Like, I don't know. Because my my thought process is is they're going to want something for SmackDown on Friday. And I think that's the easiest way is to have him appear on both shows and then make a decision next week. But we'll see. Um, yeah, we will. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll give you guys some more coverage next week on some of the other things going on in the wrestling world through AEW. Uh, we didn't cover. We're not. We, we we dedicated this whole episode to the Royal Rumble because obviously it's one of the big four, but it also had a lot going on, and there was a lot of WWE news. So we figured we would just focus WWE this week. We'll give you some AEW stuff next week. Um, with the build the revolution um in march and then we have a bash at the beach this week which has the tag team qualifier tournament um if they if anybody but the bucks win they get a number one contendership if the bucks win they get to pick who their next uh program is with and they already teased that they're going to pick the good brothers um but do you have any other closing remarks or thoughts um only you can prevent forest fires. That's, that's really all I do. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Well, if you haven't already done so, give us a follow on here. Like, subscribe, leave us a rating. Let us know what you like, don't like about the podcast so we can make it better. Um, if you are not already doing so, give us a follow on all our social medias at, at DGI Podcast um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, you name it. We got it. Um, but we hope to have you guys back here on Wednesday for our hot off the press issue. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of comics and things like that. We'll give you a lineup for that on Wednesday uh, when you guys tune in. So uh, we will see you back on Wednesday. And I'll kick back over to Charlie and you can send us home. All right, man. Go ahead and hit our music. Oh, yeah.